Hello and welcome to the Wedding Dish Podcast. Grab your fork and knife and take a seat at our table as we dish on all things weddings. Today you'll hear tips and stories from a married human and wedding professional all about love, life, and entrepreneurship. I am Sarah Alpin, the host of The Wedding Dish and CEO of Photos from the Hardy and District Bliss. And I have my little Snorosaurus Rex, Clouseau, the inspector, um, my French bulldog, Bud, who is in his podcasting chair working just super hard and definitely not hardly working. Um, today, I have with me a really, really super talented um crazy organized, and uh, we're going to touch on work-life balance here today for sure, um, wedding professional. I want to welcome to the show, Kelly Faitanini. Hello. Thanks so much for being here. Absolutely. I'm so excited to be here with you. Yay. Um, so I let's dive right in and dish. I'm really excited to hear about, um, first of all, let's start with what was it like coming in to New York City as such a young professional and taking on such a huge responsibility as um, the lead designer for uh, Jewel by Priscilla? Oh, yes. So I'm a Midwestern girl. I'm from Ohio originally, and then I went to college in Chicago. So coming from the Midwest into New York City, you're up against a lot of competition. And um, it was really funny because as I was uh, starting my career and I was knocking on doors and calling people, I could not get a foot in the door. And um, I I was pretty relentless in what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to do wedding gowns um, since the age of 19. I was just obsessed with it. So I'm like, this is what I want to do. And um, when I didn't get calls back, I just walked into places like Vera Wang and talked to their front desk person, hoping to get in. And lucky for me, it was like the right time and the right place. I walked into Priscilla Boston and they had um, been looking for a new intern. So it was perfect. So my career started with them. I was um, an assistant designer for the first year and I was very relentless in making sure that everyone there had a sense of exactly what I wanted to do. And I tried to show my talents and I was quickly promoted to the head designer of a new line that they were launching. So it was like one of those moments where I I, I like explicitly remember when they asked me to design the line, I sat very poised and I was like, Oh, absolutely. I would be honored to. And then I went to the bathroom and I like screamed and cried. And it was like this emotional (laughs) moment where I was just like, this is it. This is everything I've been working so hard for. So um, it was, it was an awesome moment. So that it's so crazy because I mean, first of all, there is so much competition in the wedding industry. There's so much competition in the fashion industry. So you went into a, a crosshair of those two things. And then you were 23 when you became the the head designer. That's yep. crazy. Thank you. Yeah. I, I've, I've always said I've been very fortunate because I've known exactly what I want to do. And when you know what you want to do, it's a very clear path. Um, you don't have all these distractions and you're not wasting time wondering. Um, so I've been so grateful that I've always known. And that has definitely helped me, you know, get get where I am today for sure. 
That's amazing. I love that. That's such a that's so inspiring. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, especially for anyone moving to New York, it's just it, there's a lot of grind and and you have to have the grit and the determination and just not give up at all. Um, even when twenty doors shut on you, that twenty first door could be the the one where your foot is in and and that's it. And before you know it, your career takes off. So. Definitely, uh, listeners, don't give up on your dreams and and keep fighting for it because you'll get there if you're determined enough. Yeah, if you want it bad enough, you absolutely. I love that. That's such a that's such a cool um, a cool thing to say. Um, so fast forward, you you worked with Priscilla of Boston for um, for several years, and then you decided to branch out on your own at kind of an interesting time, right? Yes. So Priscilla happened to be closing their doors, which was so emotional and sad for me. And my options were to find another design house or start on my own. However, the tricky part was that I had already set my wedding date for May 5th and bridal market is in April or October. So my option was to either launch right away in in April, which would be two weeks before my wedding, or wait a whole nother six months to launch in October. So of course, this is just how I roll. Um, I decided to go the two weeks before my wedding. <laughs> and, um, and, and it was a crazy adventure. And um, the funny thing is my wedding became um, kind of like the back burner because I was just so focused on getting the launch and, and the gowns going and and it was a big deal. Um, I was coming from Priscilla, so there were there was some familiarity with my name. And when you're launching a new line, it's like you you've got to hit it right the first time, otherwise um, people don't take you seriously. So I had planned so much for my wedding for about a year, and then when this all happened, um, it's kind of funny, but I'm like, oh, flowers, it's fine. Yep, yep, check, it's fine, it's good. Good enough. Yet focus is on the on the launch. <laughs> and the two weeks before your wedding, I say this all the time, is one of the most stressful times of your wedding planning process. <laughs> so stressful. Not to mention, I had designed my own dress, and I was putting the last touches on that. So yeah, I I don't I think I worked like over a hundred hours that week. <laughs> Leading Holy up to it. Holy cow. Yeah, it was crazy. It's just so much to get together. And we had a really huge press event. So we had Martha Stewart Weddings and Brides Magazine and all of the big players in the industry were coming to see the launch. So a lot of pressure. It's like, this has to be great. That's – you clearly are a go-getter. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's incredible. Um, so fast forward, you launched your line. What made you focus on like mid-tier custom bridal gowns? What was the draw to break into that piece of the wedding industry? Sure. So about 10 years ago when I started, um, there was either really low-end brands or really high-end. There wasn't really anything in the middle. And so there was a lot of brides looking for gowns where they wanted that high-end feel, but didn't want to throw down five or $6,000. And there weren't many options out there. And on top of that, 
Um, there, there was also an element missing in the industry where there was a lack of customizations or if a brand did allow you to customize, it was extremely expensive. So you'd spend $3,000 on a dress or $4,000 a dress, and then you'd have $1,000 if you wanted to make any adjustments on it. And the thing is, we're not all cookie cutter shape where we're all one size fits all. We all have different body shapes, um, different things we want to accentuate, different styles. And so having that element of being able to individualize your gown um, didn't really exist and it wasn't attainable. So I really wanted to kind of fill that void. And um, that's kind of how we determined to do, we, we call it a mid-tier um, price point. And it's so much more accessible to so many more brides. And then also the ability to customize um, without breaking your bank was just such a key selling point on our brand. And Brides love it. They love that they can change the neckline. They can add beading. They can take something off. They can adjust it. And that's become, become a keystone element of our, our brand. That's awesome. Um, I love that as, as a photographer, um, there was a time period when a lot of gowns started looking really similar. And I want to say it was off the first royal wedding. Um, where a lot of people started wearing the Kate Middleton style dress. And then there was the style of dress that just had like the big hole in the back. Yeah. Um, I remember I that. <laughs> not a designer. <laughs> I called it a hole. <laughs> Very close though. You just needed the key in front of the hole, but you're close. <laughs> um, and the idea that you can take a dress that you like the style but customize it without breaking the bank is such an important piece in terms of, you know, everything about your wedding, you kind of want it to speak to who you are. Exactly. And um, we're all not the same. You know, you like you said it, we all have different body types, but we also all have different like preferences and quirks. Mm-hmm. Um some people are really sensitive to the length. They want to make sure that it's not too long that they'll trip over it or not too short or not too short that they can't wear heels or the shoes that they plan. You know, and some people yeah. are really sensitive about cleavage. You know, there's a lot of people are very sensitive about cleavage. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> Um, so all of those pieces, being able to have the dress that you love the style, but then also feel great and like yourself in it is such an important piece. Absolutely. And it just makes it feel like you're an integrated part of the process and it makes it feel so much more special when, when you get to have a little hand in it. Um, and my team is fantastic. The way we've structured the company is that it's very customer centric to the level where our partnerships with our stores are so collaborative that that trickles down to our brides and their experience at the store level. So it's not a stressful process where if you can't envision what it's going to look like, we have like a slew of resources and we have all these pictures and we have digital mock-ups and we have all of these things that make the experience that much better in creating your dream dress and being able to make these adjustments. Yeah. I mean, being able to visualize the, you know, changing the waistline, if it's lower or higher, whatever the case may be, that that's a huge piece. Yeah, absolutely. Especially because a lot of people can't visualize. 
No, it's, it's hard, especially when, you know, you're adding a sleeve or taking it off or changing a neckline. Um, it, it is a hard thing to visualize for sure. <laughs> yeah, it definitely, that's, that's really cool. So, um, what, what does the process look like if you're going in and shopping for a custom gown or, or customizable gown? Um, what does that process look like for working with you? Yeah, absolutely. So our retail partners were very specific on who we partner with. Um, we want retailers who believe and care about the same things that we believe and care about. And that is like exceptional customer service and really often I'm clapping. (laughs) And you know, it's, it's one of those things where you're like, Oh yeah, of course that's a given. Everyone should be having customer service. That's exceptional. But there's a difference between like good customer service and exceptional customer service. And that's really what we look for. Huge. Yeah. Huge difference. Huge. And especially when, like you you were mentioning earlier, when you're planning your wedding, there's so many things. It's so stressful. Our job as a designer and retailer is to take all of that pressure off and make it so easy and seamless and enjoyable. That's the whole point. This should be fun and enjoyable. Um, and sometimes it can be so overwhelming because there's so many options and decisions. So like I said, we really look for partners who um, have the expertise to help our brides get to a place where it the decision making is easy, and we're really consulting them in a way that um, guides them to to the decision. So, uh, um, one of the our brides would walk into the door. Um, she would initially try on, um, you know some of the styles that she likes. The consultant would kind of lead her based on her decisions narrow it down. And then in the dress, you know, let's say she wants to open up the bust cup or raise the neckline or lower it. Um, We actually have um, an app that we have for all of our retailers where it shows photos. You can even see pictures of other brides who may have customized the dress or um, different variations of the neckline. And so the consultant will work very closely with the bride to, you know, show the photos, discuss pricing, um, any questions or is that fabric going to match this fabric if you change it or how is this beading going to work? We even have um, beaded swatch kits that we send to our retailers so that they can actually hold up a piece of the beading and show it on the laces and different color swatches. So a lot of visual elements we try to incorporate there. Yeah. And even like feeling weight um, yeah. because beading has a weight to it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So- being able to actually feel that, and if it if it feels like it's you know not going to be something you're enjoying wearing or dancing, and that makes a huge difference in whether or not you then go with the beating. Yep, we've even done, um, I, you know, as as a designer, like everyone has a different perspective, and where I come from, my perspective is always very customer centric. So every time I'm designing something, that's really what I'm thinking about. So. Last season, we did um, these, we call them twin sets, actually, uh, ironically, which I know we'll touch on later. Uh, <laughs> Just wait, you'll get it in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> but our twin sets, we have um, detachable skirts. And so you could order it with a detachable skirt, or you can wear it you know, as a fit to flare or a ball gown. And so it gives that element of while you're shopping, 
you can try different pieces on and you can mix and match and you can switch it around. And so that also helps with the customization process and being able to visualize and just having those options. That's really fun because, I mean, then if you're the kind of person who wants to have a separate reception dress, that opens up the option without, you know, doing a full change because wedding dresses can be difficult to get in and out of. Um, So, and bustling can also (laughs) be in its own challenge. Oh, yes. (laughs) Um, But the idea that somebody could simply change their skirt or take the skirt off is such a cool thing because you're getting a different look without going through that whole process. And, you know, even if you're only missing 15 minutes of your wedding day, and it can be more than that if you have to do a bustle and a change and all kinds of things, um, especially if you're actually doing real buttons, um, it can take a while to get, you know, fully dressed. So having, getting that time back into your wedding day, um, so you get to spend time with your your partner for life and your family and friends that you have been looking forward to getting together with, but you still get to have that cool look that you were hoping for, then that's that's really interesting. It is. And the fun part too is you get this like wow effect from everyone at your wedding. So, you know, you walk down the aisle in this ball gown and the beauty is I've designed it so it looks like it's one piece. No one would ever know. And then all of a sudden, you run to the bathroom and you come back and you're in this gorgeous fit to flare and everyone's jaws are on the floor like, oh my gosh, that that was underneath your ball gown? So cool. Um, so it's just a really fun uh, way to, like you said, to wear to two and one and get that wow effect at your wedding. Yeah. I mean, you could even do a jumpsuit like that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Very cool. Love that. Yeah, I feel like that's a that's a new thing. I I love I cannot rock a jumpsuit. It just doesn't look right on me. Also, I am not coordinated about like I would not have be coordinated getting it on and off to pee. Oh, I know. I always forget about that. It would take like a half an hour, right? You know, do on the buttons and then if you really have to go, you'd be in trouble. You'd have to move quickly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> That is always a factor for me, like <laughs> in jumpsuits. I always think, like, how exactly do you go to the bathroom? And <laughs> got to be functional, right? <laughs> I'm a no must, no fuss kind of gal. Yeah, I'm with you on that one for sure. <laughs> but I think they look freaking amazing when people rock them well, and I think that would be such a perfect use of the jumpsuit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You're inspiring me now. Now I need to incorporate a jumpsuit two-piece in my next season. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you could do it like a crop top one too. Yes. I love where you're that going with this. That could be really cool. Mm-hmm. Could call it the Sarah. <laughs> if you design an outfit and call it the Sarah, I will be so flattered. I might just die on the spot. <laughs> Well, no promises, but it might happen. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so cool! I I love this idea. Um, I love that it's price accessible to people, um, and that you really you're you are giving so much visual information, tech feel. It's every you're you're helping them with every sense 
like, you know, not in every sense of the word, but every actual physical sense, like sight, smell, touch, feel, all the things, um, because you're providing such a great customer experience. Um, And I personally didn't have that when I went dress shopping. Oh, no. Yeah. It wasn't my – it wasn't what I expected. And I hope that no one else ever feels that way. So I'm glad that um, that you're providing an experience that really makes people feel comfortable, excited, and like they can be themselves and find the thing that is the right fit for them. Yeah. Yeah. I hear That's- a lot of horror stories, unfortunately. So yeah. But we're here. Yeah. So come to us and you won't have that problem. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> And on that note, we're going to take a super fast break, and then we're going to come back and talk about your wedding day. Sounds good. We will be right back with Kelly Fantanini on The Wedding Dish. And we are back on The Wedding Dish. I am Sarah Alipin, your hostess with the mostest. We are joined by the Snorosaurus Clouseau, my Frenchie buddy. And we've got Kelly Fantanini here, who at the age of 23 was a head designer at one of the top bridal companies in the world, really, um, and now owns her own amazing bridal gown company. Um, So thank you so much for being here. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. So I want to talk a little bit about your wedding day, um, but I want to start with your dress. I want to know you know, how you made the decisions about the design because you designed your own dress. Um, not surprisingly, although that's a big thing to bite off. <laughs> Very big, yes. <laughs> And I want to know how you made all the choices, like what style, the, you know, if did you have two dresses? Did you have something that was convertible? All the things. Okay. So it was absolutely <laughs> one of the hardest thing, one of the hardest designs I've ever done. And I'm also very OCD detail oriented. So I knew myself well enough that I said, I'm going to make a decision on which style I'm choosing, which design, and that's it. Because as a designer, you can change things a million times. It's like endless. You could never stop. Um, so I did about 30, 40 sketches. And my vision was, you know, what what can I have for my wedding that I don't normally wear on a daily basis, of course? And what's going to kind of really emphasize my personality? So I wanted something fitted, but I also wanted something dramatic. Um, I wish I thought about the two-piece option at the mo- at the time, but I wasn't that ahead of the game at the moment. Um, but what I did do is I, I did a fit to flare, but I made the flare really dramatic. And then I had a 10-foot train. <laughs> Whoa. It was really, really long. It had 32 points on wow. the vessel. And it was this gorgeous like double bustle. So it kind of was a combination of a ball gown and a fit to flare, except it just like all the drama was at the bottom. And I chose a silk organza. Um, I, I wanted something timeless, but feminine, romantic, a little bit of a twist of modern. So it was a strapless. And I had this beautiful Alençon lace from France. And it had subtle little crystals on it. 
with hand cut petals of organza. And so it had that like whimsical feel, but it wasn't anything over the top. And I still, even to this day, I look back and I'm like, still love my dress. So I'm like, okay, I did good. Cause I know, you know, those stories where you look back at your photo and you're like, oh, that's dated or, oh, that's aged or, oh, I really didn't love it. And I still love it. So, um, but it, but it was one of those moments where I'm like, okay, I, I could change this. I could change that. And ultimately for me on my gown, it was the fit at the end of the day. Like I just wanted it to fit well. And that was like one of the, the key moments where um, being a bride yourself and then designing, it, it's like a game changer because you, you go through the motions of, you know, the fittings and how it feels and is it comfortable and can I dance in it and is the bustle going to stay and all of those things. And so I knew firsthand, of course, you know, I launched the line and then two weeks later I get married. So now I'm like, oh, great. I know exactly what my brides are looking for and their pain points and what bothers them. So um, I learned a lot about fitting dresses personally on myself and making sure that the fit was great and how it looked and, you know, having a strapless dress that didn't fall down. Um, And that's one of the things I definitely pride myself on in, in our brand is an exceptional fit that's really comfortable. I will say my dress was not comfortable because I had so much boning and I took it off and I had like boning marks on my skin. Oh no. <laughs> so so now we have like these really nice like soft stretchy corsets and in, in our dresses and all of those things that are actually much more comfortable than what I wore. <laughs> yeah, I mean I can't imagine sitting down with a ton of boning in your dress. Oh yeah. Nope. I, I definitely did not plan that one out well. And I, and I made it really tight. Uh, so, you know, it, it looked good. Didn't quite feel as good. Um, but I did have a second dress that I changed into and it was really fun. It was all sequins and, um, it was almost like a meshy net, uh, embroidery type base that had sequins on it. And, and that actually, that look is very popular right now. And then I put, um, lace on it. So it kind of combined, um, a really modern look with some of those like classic elements. It didn't have a train on it. It was just simple fit to flare, switch the shoes to kitten heels so I could dance and, you know, not have my feet hurting me. Um, it, it was fun. It was fun to have the, the gown change. That's awesome. Um, that's so much fun. I was going to ask you if you bustled that 10-foot bustle, but it sounds like you maybe didn't. <laughs> well, you know, a funny story is I had with the 32 points, um, one of my bridesmaids, actually my maid of honor, worked at Priscilla um, doing retail. And so she, she was like total expert at all of this. So I'm like, Kate, you've got this. You do the bustle. And <laughs> it's really easy to mix up the 32 points. So they spent like 20 minutes trying to work on this bustle. And at the end, it was still like lopsided and and wasn't quite right. And I'm like, it's okay, guys. So I unzipped myself out of the dress and I'm like standing there half naked, like bustling my (laughs) own gown, like in my underwear, just like bustling it. And I'm like, it's fine. And it was just like a really funny moment. And the girls are cracking up and I'm cracking up. 
but yeah, that that's like my funny wedding moment. Luckily, like no, what we were like in an enclosed place, but it was pretty hysterical at the moment. <laughs> that's a really fun memory to have. <laughs> yeah, the girls were cracking up. It's like they're like, this is definitely something you would do, Kelly. And I'm like, yeah, pretty much. I have bustled many dresses as a photographer because, you know, if you have never done it before, it isn't easy. Um, Even if you've done it before, it can be very challenging. Yeah. Um, And sometimes like a button will pop off or something and then you're like, "Uh, what do I do here? Um, But one of the challenges I have run into with bustling and where I generally have to step in is if the wedding party or the the people who have chosen to help the bride um, or, you know, who who have been chosen to bustle are a little bit intoxicated. (laughs) Then you really get a lopsided bustle then. (laughs) That might have actually have been our problem. Um, because we, we did have, we did like two hours of photos before and on a bus and we had some spirits and some snacks and probably more spirits than the snacks. So that very well could have been our issue, (laughs) but it was all fun and just provided a lot of laughs. So it's good. (laughs) That's perfect. And you know, I think that's, that's what you want on your wedding day, even if it is something that doesn't necessarily go as planned to be able to like enjoy the moment and remember it later and, and really like be happy that you had that moment. It's so true. So true. (laughs) Don't sweat the small stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's never, nothing ever goes as planned. We know this as humans. Oh yeah. By, by that point, there was like bird poop on my train from like the photo shoot. And I think there was like some lipstick and I don't know, it was like the streets of Chicago were literally on the train. And I'm like, someone's like, Oh, do you want to get the stain stick out? And I'm like, no, nobody's going to see it. Like it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, you never see it in photos. That's something that happens a lot. Like there if you were going to see it in photos, I your photographer would generally step in and tell you. Yeah. Um <laughs> like that, you know, but we have a lot of people, they'll get a bug under their dress, like under the lace or the organza or something, and then like somebody will be like trying really hard to get it out. And I'm like, you're never gonna see this. Yeah. Like, it'll just it'll get out of there eventually, unless it's really <laughs> bothering you because you hate bugs you'll be fine. You know, that that little patch of seaweed you picked up along the way on the beach, like nobody's <laughs> Nope. Yep. <laughs> so true. It's so funny, but you know, as like when you when you're in the dress or you're standing next to the person in real life, it might be, you know, you think of it differently. Um I always think of it from the photography standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel you totally. I was just like, whatever. I had deer poop on my dress. I mean, how can you not get anything on your gown when you're walking, you know, outdoor photo shoots? So that's the best advice. Don't sweat it. It's fine. Not going to show up in photos. You're good. And dry cleaners will always get it out. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. If you're trying to preserve it or you just want to clean it in general, it'll come out. Don't worry about it. Like nobody is even looking that carefully in real life because they probably had some spirits (laughs) and a little bit to eat. Exactly. (laughs) What we do at weddings. (laughs) So true. (laughs) 
That is, that's so fun. So let's talk a little bit about your actual wedding. Um, what did what did your wedding day look like in terms of number of guests? It, you obviously got married in Chicago because you mentioned you had the streets of Chicago all over your dress yep. <laughs> from the bird poop to, you know, whatever else is out there. <laughs> um, what were some of your favorite things about your wedding day? Um, so we got married at this place called Germania Place, which is this old uh, Victorian ballroom. It was so beautiful. The, I think it was like 12-foot windows and beautiful like antique chandeliers. And I just love the ambience of that because it, it had this like sense of romance. Um, we had this amazing cocktail hour, uh, really fun drinks, and um, and then actually, yeah, I think we had I'm trying to remember how long it was, but it was very easy too because everything was all in one place. So we didn't have to like hop around. So we had the ceremony in Germania Place. And I wanted to do something different in the ceremony. So we were in the middle and we had all the chairs around us in a circle, which was really cool because my friends even told me later, they're like, I felt like it was so crazy because being a friend, I should have been in like the very back. But everyone was in the front because there was so much room and it was the circle and everyone felt like it was so intimate. And I really loved that about it too. And then um, just candles everywhere, which I did almost catch my dress on fire as I was walking down the aisle on the way back. (laughs) So make sure your candles are far away from your train. Um, And then one of my like other favorite highlights at the end, we did extend the band um, for a couple extra hours, which I'm so glad we did because it's one of those moments where you're like, you just don't want the party to end. And even when they did end super late, we were still wanting to go even longer, but we had little cookies with shots of milk and pizza that came out at the end of the night because of course, you know, everyone... So it can be a long day, long evening. Um, so just all of those little details just mean it's so fun. And then epically, we ended the night with a surprise like hip hop rap battle. So one of my friends took the mic from the band and just started freestyle rapping. And then all of a sudden, everyone just started to form a circle around him. And then the mic was getting passed and people just kept popping in the middle, continuing to freestyle rap. And my husband jumped in and his like 89-year-old grandma was like, you know, really getting into it and loving it. And and it was so fun. So just, you know, I love like those impromptu moments like that. So that was definitely a highlight. That's so much fun. I don't think I've ever seen that happen at a wedding. Um <laughs> Well, and the bummer was that my videographer left like 30 minutes before it happened. I was just going to ask if you had photos. So we have some like iPhone videos. And I remember even like my husband, he does this thing where um, after a couple cocktails, he'll spin on his butt. Like, I don't even know what he calls it on the floor (laughs) and he'll do like this spin. And so like that happened. And I'm like, why is none of this on video? (laughs) Oh man, that is so funny. What, I'm trying to picture your husband spinning on his butt. 
<laughs> and everyone's just like cheering and rap. I mean, it was like the most random ending to the night, but it was so epic. That is so much fun. I I love those things that happen that are just like organically like fun and just where everyone gets involved. Yeah, it's so true. And um, one thing too, like looking back, you know, there were certainly moments where I was like stressing about uh, the flowers and stressing about the cake and stressing about this. But at the end, like all the memories that you remember are the moments with the people and like those those details. And then I'm like, why was I even stressing out about the flowers? No one, I mean, to any florist, I apologize because I do value your work and the beauty. But like, you know, you leave your wedding and you're like, oh my God, it was those moments of the dancing and the, the conversations. And like, just because the Queen Anne's lace wasn't white, it was a little green. Nobody remembers that. Nobody knows except me. And it's not a big deal. <laughs> That's so true. I yeah, I mean, because you can't anticipate everything that's going to happen with your florals because they might be a little bit like, you know, under in the depending on the season and where they're grown and if they're if you're going with like a local flower versus something that has to be like brought in. Um it can be a slightly different color than you expect, but worrying about that isn't going to get you anywhere and at the end of the day you know, they're still going to be beautiful. So worrying about that small stuff isn't going to make a difference. Nope. And everyone probably thought that's the way it was supposed to look. You know, no one knows the difference except you. (laughs) And it still looked beautiful, I'm certain. It it was gorgeous. It was absolutely gorgeous. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) Which is why no one noticed. (laughs) Yep. I love that. That's so much fun. Um, So, okay. Now to dip back into, we teased out the twin thing a little bit earlier. So Kelly, um, one of the things I want to ask you about is how you deal with work-life balance and um, give us a little preview of what life looks like for you. Oh, yes. So I I will be brutally honest um, that it took me a while to really start to master this work-life balance. And it's absolutely not perfect and it's still a work in progress. Um, But at the time I had, um, my daughter was, oh gosh, was she three? Something like that. Two and a half, something around there. When I found out I was having twins and I'm just like, oh my God, how am I going to do this? How am I going to manage the toddler? run my business. Um, you know, it's, it was definitely a very overwhelming moment. And I will say the thing that really helped was a lot of coaches and support. So I had a business coach, I had a personal coach and just having those tools of, um, you just don't feel like you're alone trying to navigate and figure out everything in the world by yourself. Um, it's just too much to manage as one person. And, you know, you're trying to talk to your husband, you're trying to talk to your friends, you're trying to talk to professional help is like a game changer because um, that's what they do all day, every day. And so granted, it's nice to talk to your husband or your best friend. Um, although my husband was like, okay, do we have to talk about this again? Or, you know, this stuff like that goes on with the business. Um, it's nice to have those other outlets. So my two coaches really helped me figure out... Um, plans, you know, planning is what really got me through it. And 
um, a lot of help. And we just sat down and thought like, okay, what are going to be the, not the issues, but what are going to be the roadblocks and the challenges? And what was I most stressed about? And we pretty much came up with a game plan for all of it. And thank God for them because I was able to get through all of it seamlessly and not only get through it, but on the other side, the season with my twins was one of my strongest seasons I've ever designed. And I was like terrified that it was going to be an epic failure because trying to manage all that, I mean, I could barely move. I, I had, um, I went all the way to 38 weeks pregnant with them. And which is to, to let everyone out there know when you're having twins, that's a very, very long time. Um, usually don't people only usually make it to 36 weeks with twins. Yeah. A lot. Yep. And, um, I always say like at the end, I couldn't even stand long enough to scramble eggs. So, you know, trying to manage all of that, but really looking at every obstacle as an opportunity and a blessing and learning and growth has been the key to pretty much every challenge that I face now. And I never really realized it until I I went through that with the twins. Um, But it helped me. I feel like I grew more in that year than I've grown in like 10 years. It was just crazy. Um, and I, I was able to, you know, help my team elevate and grow them and let go of some of the things that I was holding on to and being OCD about that I really didn't need to be. And that allowed me to grow and excel and, um, just all of those things kind of coming together and then being on the other side of it and looking back and saying, wow, like, I did that and I'm so proud of that. And I was able to get through it and like seeing how every element of that obstacle just made the outcome that much better on the other side and what I learned from it. It's just, um, it's remarkable. And sometimes it's hard to see that when you're going through it. And that's also the beauty of coaches and supports because they're like, see, you're letting go of this. This is a good thing. And you're like, it doesn't feel like a good thing. But you're right. Now I can see it as a good thing. Um, so you know, day to day now, it's it's certainly very very busy. And again, I'm always harping on like the support, and um, we have an incredible au pair who lives with us that adores the three kids, and they're in school. And um, my husband and I are a fantastic um, tag team um, with the kids. He's so helpful. Um, I work from home a little bit. I go into the office a little bit, but really it's, um, the, the majority of balancing is what is most important because everything can't be important and you really have to figure out what do I need to focus on? What's number one. And you, and I kind of divide it into columns. So I have my kid column and I have my family husband column, and then I have my work column. And I make sure that each of those buckets has their priority and I kind of like divvy out the time. And so, you know, sometimes I'm working until 11 or 12 o'clock at night because I'm doing things with the kids during the day and that's okay. And it's fine. And then sometimes I have days where I'm just exhausted and that's okay too. And 
I don't do the extra hours and I spend time with the kids or I, if I'm tired and I need to do extra work, I call in a sitter. And that's the other thing too, like never be shy to, you know, ask for help. So if I'm going through a tough week at work, I will line up like three babysitters and I'm like, it's okay. It's just a week. The kids will be fine. I will be fine. And when you think about the cost, it's worth every penny because at the end of it, everyone's so much happier and you feel good. And um, so that's kind of my two cents on how I've been trying to balance. <laughs> but there are certainly days where I'm like, oh my God, this is just so crazy and chaotic. And then other days I'm like, oh, I, this is working and it's good. And I would say the majority of the days it's working and it's good. So. I love that. And that's so important. Uh, everything you just said was like, I want to just like give you a standing applause. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> and it might not feel like it's working every day, but you're working at it to make it work the best for you and the people in your life. Absolutely. And I think too, the biggest thing, like I, I keep talking about how I'm so OCD and a perfectionist, but you have to... Um, or what I have learned about myself is I've had to let go and say nothing in life is perfect and that's okay. 80% is good enough. And I might not be 100% attentive all the time to my kids and that's okay. And I might not be 100% attentive to every single thing in my business and that's okay. And I think we just have to go into it with a little bit of grace and give ourselves an opportunity to like not have to have all this pressure all the time. Don't get me wrong. I do have those moments where I sometimes I feel like I'm failing at everything, but they're very few and far between because I reel myself back in and I do a reality check and say like, this, this is not, I'm holding myself to an expectation that is unrealistic. And, and that's not okay. I need to give myself a break. Um, so that that's helped my helped me a lot get through some of those moments. I love that. That's such great advice. Um, I so admire your ability to balance all the things and and really, I can tell that you are able to give yourself grace. and that is a very hard thing to do for most people. Yeah, it definitely takes some time and coaches. <laughs> yeah. Yes, get the support you need, whether it's a sitter and or a coach and or another coach. <laughs> yep, whatever it is, exactly. I think at one point I had like four coaches and people thought I was crazy. And I'm like, I'm so happy. I have so much support in so many areas. And it was great. And they were, you know, in varying degrees and not always full time and I'm 100%. But um, yeah. Get the support. And they do different things. Different things. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. I love that. Well, Kelly, thank you so much for being here with us today on The Wedding Dish. How can people find you online? Our website is www.kellyfatanini.com, and that's spelled F-A-E-T-A-N-I-N-I.com. And the easiest way is to just Google Kelly Wedding Dresses. So it will definitely come up. Well, that's perfect. Yes. And then um, we're also on Instagram and Facebook and um, all of those other great sites. So definitely check us out. And thank you so much for having me. This has been so fun chatting with you.
I I have so enjoyed having you on the wedding dish today. And um, everyone, make sure that you give her a follow on Instagram. Check out Kelly's um, website. We'll link to it in the show notes, and we'll also have some photos on there and um, and the transcript from this episode because we are committed to accessibility at the wedding dish. Um, and thank you all for tuning in today. It is always so much fun to have you join us on the Wedding Dish podcast. And um, as always, we are super excited for you to um, ask us questions for our next episode on the Wedding Dish. So you can ask us at the Wedding Dish podcast. Um, I may have to reach out to some of my friends to get answers for some of these things that we've been getting uh, questions about lately. And you can find us online at theweddingdishpodcast.com where you'll find our show notes, which again, we'll have the link and some beautiful photos from Kelly. And you can apply to be a guest on The Wedding Dish. And um, you can get all kinds of juicy wedding tips and tricks from uh, couples and wedding pros. So um, until we see you again, Kelly, thanks for being here. Everyone, thanks for joining us and cheers.